Hey guys, it's Pleasance here with a little summer to fall update. Um, currently on our website, soulfulselfcare.com, you will find a link to the Plan to Thrive guide. And Plan to Thrive is my ebook that really has all the best practices for planning seasonally at the macro and micro level. So you can grab that on the website and get a taste for um, the style of how I teach planning and have it really help you transition into fall. So go ahead and grab that guide and use it as you start to map out fall. Now, if you feel like you're struggling and you're not sure um, where and how and what your wellness practices, your spiritual practices, we do have a Thrive Live session six weeks online with weekly coaching. If you live in the DC area, we do have some live events coming up. You can learn about all of that through our email, which you can sign up for on the website or email me, pleasantsatlittleohm.com. You can check out all the information about Thrive at littleohm.com backslash thrive or go to the website and you will find the Thrive community. So I know for some of you who are new to our community, it's a little confusing because we have soulful self-care, which is really our Ayurvedic practices and our deep soul work. And Little Om is our sort of mother parent company, which is holding space for all of these, um, for the consulting and the writing and the teaching. So um, you can go to the website and see the various um, ways in which you can engage with us. But I want to make sure that you know that the Plan to Thrive guide is there to help you with the transition to fall. And if you want more support, that's what our Thrive community is with our Thrive community leader, Rita, who you've heard on the podcast. Um, and that's it. I hope you enjoy this episode and have a great afternoon or evening or morning. Bye. Hello. Hello, Pleasance. How are you? I'm fabulous. Okay. Where are you right now? <laughs> this very moment in time, I am in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, by myself. <laughs> by yourself. Okay, so everybody who's listening to this, this is my dear friend, Jen. I've known her for years from the kids yoga world. And recently, she's going to give us the whole scoop because recently I started seeing these things online around like, their family and buses, their family and traveling. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's doing kids yoga training. Meanwhile, she's traveling to Bhutan. And I'm like, what is happening? So I emailed Jen and I was like, girl, you got to come on the podcast and tell us what are you doing? How are you doing it? You have three kids, right? Three, yes. four, three, three, three and you're girls. running a business and you're married. So I need to know all of the scoop. Because part of soulful self-care is living your own life. Dun, yes. Dun. So give us the lowdown on, first of all, what are you doing in Texas and where's your family? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My family is in Fort Myers, Florida. So, oh, there's a big truck coming by me. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's all um, an opportunity to breathe and relax. <laughs> Real life. Right. Um, so I am in Dallas. 
I was attending a conference called the Frog Street Splash Conference for preschoolers. So I was there with another dear friend of ours, Barry Coral. We were there presenting together. And it was amazing. Um, And then I piggybacked with holding and hosting a You'll Play teacher training. So that starts tonight and goes throughout the weekend. Um, My family is in Fort Myers, Florida. My husband is working a contract there. So he's holding down the fort along with my mom who flew in from Canada to help with the kids. So, okay. So you're making it work in a lot of different ways. What is that like? Like, tell me a little bit about, tell me about like the past, what would you say? Two years? The journey has really been. Yeah, definitely okay. two years. Okay. So I guess I should start from the very beginning and how it kind of all got started. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. So about two years ago, we were living here in Dallas And we thought we had like, quote unquote, made it right. Mm -hmm. Um, The American dream, but we were so unhappy. We're like miserable. Um, We just were not feeling fulfilled like the way we thought we should. We had Mm -hmm. the house, we had all the stuff, we had the jobs, we had everything you could possibly think, but we were just so unhappy. And we even noticed it in our neighbors as well. We're like, gosh, it's not just us, but let's focus on us. Let's not Mm -hmm. focus on them. And I'll never forget this moment. It was, I think, a weekend day, like a Saturday or something. And we were, my husband and I were in the kitchen and he was not happy. I was feeling the funk too. And I just looked at him and I said, when were we the most happy? When did we feel the most fulfilled? Mm -hmm. When were we most excited? And we both looked at each other in the eye and we, without pause, it was instantaneous. We both said when we were traveling. Mm -hmm. And we we met traveling. It's kind of, that's a fun story too. So I was about to go out for a run because that's what I thought I should do, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) I just listened to your podcast on should do and soul do. And um, so I went for my run and I left my husband at home pondering this this thing that we just realized. And I gave him a task. I'm like, let's figure out how to make this happen, this traveling thing happen. And I went for my run. And I don't remember what I specifically thought of on my run, but probably about how we could make this work. But I don't remember in this moment, mm-hmm. like the exact thought. But I came home and my husband had already emailed a, a volunteer organization that we could possibly um, participate in. Like I was gone for 30 minutes and he had already done it. Oh by, the end, <laughs> by the end of that week, we had gotten a response And they wanted, you know, this, that, and the other, the paperwork. And then in another couple of months, we had bought our plane tickets. And a few months after that, we were headed to Bhutan. So that moment was life changing 
for us and our family. Um, so off we went to Bhutan, which for maybe some of your listeners don't know where that is. A lot of people don't. Um, it's a tiny Himalayan country um, between India and China. So it's near Tibet and Nepal. And they, there, we were there for a month and it just hit us like we were living simpler. We were living in this tiny apartment. We only had the stuff that we brought. So very little clothes, no toys for the kids. They just had books and journals and that was it. And we were so happy. How old were the girls when you did this for sure? They were nine. The twins were nine. And Stella, my youngest, was five. Okay. Just to give people that context. <clears throat> yeah. No, mm-hmm. thanks. Um, so we, we just realized how happy we were living simpler and smaller. And I said, we need to do this more. So we got back on a plane to come back, and it was two weeks after we landed. We landed um, just after Easter, and I had a yard sale, got rid of a bunch of stuff, and by Memorial Day, we had our house up for sale. We sold our house. Mm. We had an estate sale, and we sold 90% of everything that we owned, which there was a lot of feelings in that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately it felt very freeing, but there were some, like some good feels like, you know, do I really, do I really get rid of that? Or like, Mm. you know, feeling sad. And I will tell you that the estate sale people that ran the estate sale, these women, they were amazing Mm -hmm. and they got it because they do this all the time Mm -hmm. and they don't normally do estate sales for people that are blowing up their lives. They usually Mm -hmm. do it for other reasons. Um, But they were very, very compassionate and they were like, you know what? Just go down by the lake, have yourself a good cry and then come back. Like they were so amazing. They mm-hmm. were so amazing. Um, so now we don't have a house. We don't have <laughs> 90% of our stuff. So what are we doing? We are, we took that trip to Bhutan that we initially did. And we decided that we were going to do it again. And we were going to go to other places. Okay. But since it's just volunteer work, we're not making um, a salary while we're doing that. It's actually all out of our own pocket. Um, we're not billionaires, so we can't do that full time. So my husband quit his full time job. So now we have no house, <laughs> no job, and like ninety percent less stuff. Like my heart is racing. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is <laughs> not for the faint of heart, right? I'm like holding my breath. <laughs> so he works in the medical field. So what's fabulous about the medical field is that you can do a lot of contract work. And in the medical field, it's called locums. So locums work is where you kind of fill the need of a medical facility. So like, say, if somebody is on maternity leave or somebody left that position and they're trying to find the right person to fill it, they still need a body 
present to do that work. Mm -hmm. So he signs these contracts where he works short term, like as little as three months or six months or four months or eight months up to a year. So that allows us to, we can create our own life. Mm. So we decide where in the country we want to go, <laughs> literally. And we decide how long we're going to live and stay there. And then following that, we're free and open to either take another contract or go on a volunteer medical trip or whatever. So that's really kind of cool. Oh, that we get to do that. My goodness. Okay, I have so many questions. <laughs> okay. okay, first one is, what did your what did your families say? Like, not your kids. Well, I want right. to hear about the girls too, and how they're how they have acclimated, and what this all feels like to them. But I also want to know what your like parents and siblings and family and friends said. Right. Um, our friends weren't surprised. Yeah. They said, of course, that's right. what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Our families, on the other hand, my husband's parents were a little bewildered. They were like, what? What's going on? I think his mom cried a little bit. Mm. Um, my parents were they're, they were pretty open, but were like, wondered how it was going to work. So mm -hmm. they were a little... Like, what, what are you doing? But, if, but not surprised that this was the choice that we were making. Mm -hmm. um, so what is like the daily life like? I That's guess a... it kind of depends, but you're living, tell us a little bit about the, it's a bus that you're living on, like how that's working out. And like, what does that really look like in daily life? Right. So actually we just purchased the bus. Okay. It's, we've been looking for the bus since we sold the house. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't know really what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the, our idea of what we were looking for evolved and changed over this past year. Like we mm -hmm. thought we were going to get like a regular pole behind RV. And then we, after thinking about it and looking, we were like, no, that's not going to work. And then we thought, anyway, so it evolved and changed as we kind of settled into this nomadic life. So we got to our recent contract in Florida and we were looking at Craigslist and RV lists, going to RV shows and checking it out. And here comes this colorful <laughs> bus on a Craigslist listing. And my husband showed it to me. And our criteria is it had to have the, the sleeping space mm -hmm. for all five of us. Mm -hmm. Because living in it, we didn't want like to have to change the bed of one of the kids back into a table. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to have like their sleeping areas and our sleeping area and then our living area. So that was a huge criteria for us. Mm -hmm. So we saw this beautiful, colorful bus on Craigslist and it had three bunk beds. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> and it had a bed for Bill, my husband and I in the back of the bus. And it was really cool. And it was in Florida. It was in Jacksonville. And we were in Fort Myers. So we drove the six hours up, cash in hand, because we just knew it was it. We went. It, 
there was a family living in it in a campground that had it for sale. We went to the campground. We hung out with this family. It was almost like when we were buying our Turkish rugs in Turkey, where we had to sit with the salesman, have a couple of cups of tea, mm-hmm. meet his family. You know, it was like this big drawn out, but not like painfully drawn out. It was like very open, friendly, fun, like getting to know each other kind of deal. And they had three kids. So that's why they had three bunks and they bought this bus and they renovated it into or converted it to an RV conversion. He was a licensed contractor. So it was well done and it was gorgeous. And we came. Hello. I'm back. That came and like took out the call, but you're back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So so you said it was an RV conversion. RV conversion. And so we went and we spent time with this family. And the next day we went back. And that morning before we went back to get the bus, I was so excited. Like I could feel it in my body. My body was Mm -hmm. vibrating. Mm -hmm. I was so, I was jumping around, you know, just so excited about something. (laughs) And I knew this was it. And my husband is feeling the exact same way. So we Mm -hmm. went and we picked up the bus. (laughs) That family, that poor family, they were literally living in it. So they had to unpack their stuff and they just put it on their campsite and we drove off in in their house. That... (laughs) (laughs) So I felt a little bad, but they wanted to sell it. Right. It was like something that they wanted to do. And this is why we were such kindred spirits because they were that they knew what they wanted to do. And the next step they would just figure out because that's what we do. We just figure it out along the way. So we haven't, we're not literally living in it right now, but it's purchased and we are we will be in Florida getting the bus ready until the end of August. And then we leave August 30th for our next destination and we will then be living in it. Okay. Hold on. Does it have a bathroom? Oh yeah. It has a shower and a bathroom, a toilet, sink, kitchen, living room, TV, the whole nine yards. And then you just park it at different campgrounds. So where are you guys going next? We're actually coming back to Dallas Okay. Um, so while I've been here, I've been scoping out places of where that we, where we can stay with mm-hmm. the bus. So it's equipped to be staying at an RV park or what the RV world calls boondocking. Okay. So boondocking is where you don't have to have, you know, plugins and attachments and whatnot, but you can only do that for so many days is my understanding because okay. you need to refill water yeah. and empty sewage tanks. <laughs> and all that lovely stuff but so we will be living in an RV park and then when we travel the whole point of it was so that we didn't have to pack and unpack our stuff all the time because before the bus this whole yeah. year we had been essentially living in Airbnbs yeah that's what so, I was going to ask was where have you been so you've been yeah. in Airbnbs okay yeah Airbnbs so when we left Dallas, uh, the beginning of our adventure, we the first contract was in New Haven, Connecticut at Yale Medical. Mm-hmm. 
So we drove essentially across the country pretty much mm-hmm. and we rented an Airbnb and mm-hmm. were there. Then we went to Bhutan and we went to Indonesia and Singapore. And then we came back to Connecticut to just land and we went to Florida and now we're in Florida and we'll be heading to Dallas. And in November we go to Rwanda. For another service trip? Yes. Another yeah. yeah medical service trip with the organization called Health Volunteers Overseas. And how long is the Rwanda trip? Three months. Three months in Rwanda. Okay. What do you do with the bus when you go to Rwanda? We will store it or I've had a thought of making it into an Airbnb. <laughs> <gasps> I will rent it while you're gone. Drive it here to DC. We'll park it in front of my house. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk. This is amazing. Um, I think just because it's so beyond what my day to day looks like that this is what I love about like having this platform is being able to like talk to people and share all these amazing ideas. But I also, you know, I'm a realist. So Mm. tell me how the girls are doing. Tell me what's, I want to know sort of, I want to dig into like roses and thorns for the three areas that I think are real, like money, the kids, Mm. the school, like let's dig into that a little bit. Let's do it. So the kids are doing great. They love the adventure and we wouldn't be doing it if they were miserable because we don't want to create misery in their life. Uh I started homeschooling them. So Uh that's a whole new adventure. Uh And it's taken me a couple of programs to find one that fits for the moment. Uh And it's going really well. Uh They, I don't, I I had envisioned having to duct tape them to the chair to do schoolwork. Uh And that is not the case. Uh They get up on their own and they start their school. They know exactly what to do and they can pick and choose what, you know, subjects they start with and they love it. Mm -hmm. Now, Stella, my youngest, she's learning to read, like she's kindergarten, first grade. So it's a lot more hands-on with her as far as the schooling. So, but that's great. I get more one-on-one time with her. Yeah. Yeah. And they really like, and so we're doing that, but they're also, the kids are coming up and creating their own projects, mm-hmm. which is really fun to see what they're, what they create. So like Lily, one of my twins is very artistic. And so she started creating a comic book about our adventures mm-hmm. and we all participate. So everybody's <laughs> kind of got a job and but she's like the lead artist in that. And um, Isabel loves to read. So she's like finding, you know, local cute bookstores or libraries, depending on what country or state that we're in. And she's like eating up books. And Stella is just making friends with anybody and everybody Uh that that she meets. Mm -hmm. So they're, and they're super excited about the bus. They've, 
been planning the decor of what we call their sleep pods, which mm. is just their bunk. Um, so they're really, they're really embracing it. And, and our philosophy too, is we, when we started this, let me kind of backtrack a little, we said that we were going to do this for two years. Okay. And that was re- my next question was how yeah. long do you think you're going to do this? <laughs> yeah, no, we set out, we're like, okay, we have to have an entry and an exit plan. Yeah. And so we said, let's, let's do this for two years and then reevaluate. So now we're coming up onto our first year anniversary and we're thinking that we're just kind of just getting into the groove of it. Mm. We might want to add another year on. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then after you're done, you'll figure out where you want to go or you'll just kind of follow. It sounds like you guys are just, you know, in, constant conversation and evolution and trying to decide what's going to be best for the family. Exactly. Like we don't have a set super duper plan. Like we don't, we just kind of go with the flow with a loose plan. You have to have some kind of a plan, but it's not set in stone kind of plan. Um, Okay. So daily life, I bet there has not been a lot of consistency has there or do you sort of have a schedule within the non-schedule that's it we have a schedule within the non-schedule so we show up at a place and we kind of settle in so we make our we always find a way to make a nest wherever we are so we kind of settle in and nest in to wherever we are and which is really cute like the girls always like make artwork to hang on next mm-hmm. to their bed so they kind of make it their own it's mm-hmm. really kind of cute mm-hmm. um so once we've settled in and kind of explored the area like where's the grocery store where's the best pizza place where mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were mm-hmm. so many to choose from in new haven yeah um, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah only one place to choose from in bhutan so we just find the those like little places and then we just kind of get back into our schedule which is in the morning we do homeschool and while the girls are on a, a specific task, I work on my business mm-hmm. and my husband goes off to work. Mm-hmm. So everybody's doing their work. Mm-hmm. My husband's doing his work. I'm doing my work and the girls are doing their schoolwork, which yeah. is their work. And then we have um, family time and then that's the end of the day and that's our days. And then um, about a month before, for the contract ends, then we're kind of, it changes the schedule a little bit where I'm screwing around both my husband and I, you know, figuring out where the next place is and what we need to do to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is how far in advance do you have to think about where the next um, job is going to be? So his contracts, you can't plan more than three months in advance Mm, okay which is that's fine more a lot of people with that would set them off into panic mode um but for me that's that's cool the only time it it gets a little tricky is when we go overseas we're overseas for three months so we can't really plan yeah our contract for when we get back Mm mm-hmm so that gets a little, a little tricky, mm-hmm. but with the internet, 
and all of technology, we can do a lot of stuff while we're overseas as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I think the technology piece is so amazing. And this freedom lifestyle that I think is, is you know, I've listened to it a lot on podcasts and read books of families and entrepreneurs who live like this. I just didn't know anyone personally. I always <laughs> thought it was kind of like a pipe dream. <laughs> and like, how does it really happen? So, okay, I want to ask about like, can you tell us a specific time that was really hard, like a breakdown or a, a you know, like something financial that you were like not expecting or something with the girls or fighting, like something that wasn't just, oh, this is amazing and it's all working out and it's so beautiful. Oh, that's such a great question. And I tell people that it's not rainbows and butterflies all the time. Yeah. And in our blog, we tell, tell it like it is as well. Mm-hmm. Like we don't paint a pretty picture. So mm-hmm. one thing that comes to mind <laughs> is, so we went back to Bhutan this year. So it was our second trip and we were leaving for the airport. We were literally putting our duffel bags in the car to drive to the airport to get on a plane to go to Bhutan. Mm-hmm. We get a phone call as we're packing the bags saying that the housing that they had available for us is no longer available. I was like, what? we have nowhere to stay mm-hmm. and we're about to get on a plane. And how do I make that happen? Mm-hmm. So, That was a very unsettling, long 30-hour flight with three kids, knowing that I'm going to get off the plane and have nowhere to land. Mm -hmm. But we were resourceful because it was the second time we were going. We had made connections, and I knew people, so I emailed them saying that I was about to get on a plane. Can you help us? Whatever. So we, um, we got some suggestions via email while we're in flight. So we had some, some ideas. So we land and the first place didn't work out. It just wasn't, it, mm-hmm. there was no heat. Mm-hmm. There was no, there just wasn't a lot of amenities and we were exhausted and Isabel was sick. Mm-hmm. So here we have like, mm-hmm. I have one sick kid and we just landed after 30 hours of traveling and we have no place. So we landed this place. And what? And so we're like, what are we going to do? So we started literally walking the streets of the capital of Bhutan, <laughs> completely exhausted. We were like zombies. And we walk into this hotel that I had remembered the location of from, from the previous year. And he luckily had a room for us. So we just moved everything. So we got a place to stay. We thought we were like, great. And we're trying to keep the kids up to eat dinner to try to quickly get on that time zone schedule Mm -hmm. and they were just falling asleep like they were dropping like flies (laughs) shaking them awake go stay awake you know Mm -hmm. as we finally get them we get to dinner at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon it's like you know and we get them back to the hotel and they only had one room with one bed so <laughs> like one hotel room with one bed for the five of us. 
<laughs> so we get back and I'm like, okay, just wash face, hands, and feet. That's all we have to do. And then we'll <laughs> go to sleep. Just, just want to do that. So I am washing the kids face, hands, and feet. I've got two done, one left to go. And I decide that Isabel's just miserable with this cold. And after flying, it's just, she's so miserable. I'm like, why don't you just take this medication and you'll sleep better. You'll feel better. But she's like, oh, now she's 10 because this is the second year. And she just doesn't take pills very well. Mm -hmm. I don't know that many 10 year olds do. Yeah. And if they do, please let me know anybody how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So then my husband and I, divide and conquer. So I had the patience to deal with the pill issue. He did not. So I put him on because he had the patience to la- to wash Stella, our last kid, to get hands, yeah. feet, and hands washed, face, hands, and feet. So we switched roles. Here we go. And I hear this blood curdling scream. I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? Stella slipped and fell on the bathroom tile. Oh no. And split open her chin. Ugh. I mean, it was a big, it so was a, bloody. So bloody. And I'm like, we are going to have to go to the hospital. And I'm like, I'm not ready to do that. That's on the first night. But luckily, my husband's in the medical field and he had his medical kit. So he had some glue. Uh, I forget what he calls it. Dermabond, I think mm. that's what it is. And he, I had to hold her chin together and he glued it. So we've got this going on. Everybody's literally mm. like zombies, so exhausted. We have blood everywhere, a child screaming. And then Isabel decides to try to take the pill herself because, you know, and she makes herself sick. So then she's puking all over the place. <gasps> blood everywhere we're so exhausted and then lily doesn't know what to do with so she just starts crying it was i'm like oh my god what the f did we just do to our family is exactly so it was not it was not a good it was not a good day but in the end the you know the puke was cleaned up the blood was cleaned up the chin was put back together everybody got some sleep and the next day was fine oh my gosh (laughs) it just seems like one of those really like super super challenging hard moments that you feel like you're never going to get through and then you do and you're like wow I get through these hard things you know but it doesn't but I also want to say like when you're going through it, it feels bad. Like it doesn't feel like, Oh, I'm going to be able to get through this. You know, like it it definitely, I I can't even imagine internationally, you know? Oh, it was so scary. (sighs) And it was so hard. I mean, I just started crying. Yeah. Too. But, Um, and then, okay. So now on the other side, tell us about a moment that sticks out. That's like such a rose, like such a moment where you're savoring, where you're just like, wow, this is that whole connection, that whole sort of that vibration that you were talking about when you were going towards the bus. But do you have another moment that you can think of where you're like, we're on the right path? There are so 
many of those fantastic moments. Yeah. And let me just kind of Rolodex through my mind of these moments and pick one. Oh my gosh. There's just, I don't know. Um, just being with the family all together and mm-hmm. hiking in the mountains and finding a really sunny spot under the trees. And we all read and sit and journal oh. and take a nap on the trail. <gasps> That's that, delicious. And everybody's just like bathed in sunlight and happiness. It was just felt like so good. Like we were all just connected and it just felt really good. Mm. Or it was like the big dinner with the whole medical team that my husband had been teaching. Mm. And, you know, they were thanking us for, you know, the time that we took to come over and everything Mm -hmm. that my husband shared with them so that they can be the providers that they need to be and they serve the country and the people of their country. Mm. That was a pretty cool moment as well. Or the girls and I um, taught at a school and Mm. I taught yoga at a school. So Mm. just being surrounded by them Mm. and feeling their um, gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, I can sort of like picture all those moments and feel them. And it's so funny, you know, because it's not like, especially the first one that comes to mind where you were talking about um, hiking and then reading and journaling, like it's simple things that bring the most joy. Yes. (laughs) All the time in daily life. When I ask people this question, just in terms of like coaching and mentoring, like give me like a moment you savor in your life. It really has to do with this deep connection to self and nature, um, which I think a lot of people are really missing in their daily life. And so it's important to remember that, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you, are any of you, do you, any of the five of you consider yourselves like introverts or feel like you need your own space or how do you deal with like sibling arguments or marriage arguments? Like when you need to breathe and you're all together. Oh, definitely. And especially Mm -hmm. in small quarters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think the important part, and I, I tell the kids this, that you just have to tell us because nobody can read your mind. So mm-hmm. if you need space, just tell us that you need space. Yeah. So I noticed that um, the girls would take longer time in the shower and <laughs> sometimes. And I'm like, what do you, you can't waste water. Like, you know, this is not good. You can't spend all that time. Everybody else needs to take a shower. And it's not even just the water, it's the hot water, mm. especially when we're in other countries. And they, they come to find out after talking and asking them questions, they were like, oh, well, that's just my time alone. And that's just my time to think. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's find another way that you can have some alone time as well, rather than just in the shower, wasting water and hot water. And I know that it's not my strong suit to always ask for what I need Mm. and that's what I work on, Mm -hmm. but I definitely traveling has helped that. And there are certain, I, you know, being with the kids all the time and being in like, and having 
Because when you're in a different country and you're doing whatever that we're doing or just even visiting, people are always like they want to get to. So you're like kind of like, quote unquote, the like the show or the attraction a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot and which I love because I'm a Leo and I love attention Mm -hmm. and I love connecting with people, but it's also very draining, Mm -hmm. right? To just always be on and all, you know. And so knowing that, like, I just need to step away and be quiet and go to a cafe by myself or, you know, have a bath by myself and just, or just go and find a little corner in whatever space and read or journal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did I answer that question? Yeah. And the idea is give yourself time and space to do it. And that's with help and that models for the girls too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that will, that leads right into my next set of questions, which is about your self-care. And so obviously the full self-care and actually side note, Jen was part of one of the original Thrive online groups once we moved it away from the studio. So how do you, how do you take care of yourself and nurture and nourish yourself given the demand of traveling homeschooling and running your own business like what do, what does that look like mm. well I have um meltdowns and I had one yesterday just like <laughs> a, a, just allowing myself to have a good cry yeah and that was so good mm-hmm. I also and I tell the kids I'm like mommy well you're ha- I get their breakfast ready and they eat breakfast and I'm like, okay, while you're eating breakfast, mommy's going to go do her yoga. Mm-hmm. And so actually, especially when I travel overseas, like I, you know, I'm a yoga instructor. I know mm-hmm. how to do yoga, but sometimes you don't want to think about it. So I use Yoga Glow, that app, and I just mm-hmm. put on a 20 minute class and I do yoga and I meditate. And sometimes the kids join me in my meditation mm-hmm. or in mm-hmm. the yoga, but you know, when I need to be alone, I tell them I need to be alone to do it or they're free to join me, but I have, I have to do that has to be part of my life on a daily basis, my yoga and my meditation. Yeah. And what about like, are you still running? Do you feel safe when you're in certain areas going for runs? In all the areas that we've traveled overseas, I've felt super safe and I have not been running as much. I've just been doing other kinds of working out, but my husband has been. Um, so that's his self-care. He runs, he actually ran the half marathon in Bhutan. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's just, I'm always interested in logistics. You know me, I'm like, okay, so yeah. you're taking care of the kids and you're doing breakfast and you're, and also I'm thinking of you living on the bus already, which you're not quite yet. <laughs> right. So I'm like, right. how are you exercising away from the, <laughs> away from the bus? And I, I don't know. How are you doing yoga and how is that happening? <laughs> I feel like the yoga is going to be like outside or, yeah, yeah. or on the roof. We're going to build, um, a rooftop deck on top of the bus. So I'm going to do <laughs> bus bus rooftop yoga rooftop bus yoga or something yeah oh yeah I mean (laughs) there's so many cool things you could create um okay so what I'm going to close with is that I want you in a year will you come back on and tell us how the year was yes I would love to that would be so fun yeah um the last thing I wanted to ask you is if someone okay so someone's listening to this 
she works in DC. She works like, you know, 60 or 70 hours a week (laughs) raising her kids, but she feels a little bit envious of what you're talking about, which I usually teach envy or jealousy just means someone's doing something you want to do. So you don't have to be envious or jealous of it. You get to just add into your life. The thing is that you want to do. So someone is like, Oh, I want more adventure. What, what would you say? Like, what's a tip for them? What's how could they get started in having some kind of adventure in their daily life? Just go somewhere that you've never been before. And it doesn't even have to be that far. Mm. You know, just try something you've never tried before. And don't mm-hmm. think about it too much. Just just go do it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do. Like, we don't plan very much. We just do it and we figure it out as we go along. Mm-hmm. Do you think you had to, I guess, this this just came up because I'm thinking about self-care, thinking about mindset, thinking about just doing things that are new. I mean, which again, if you're stuck in these, so we're talking about on a physical level, doing what everybody else around you is doing, soccer practice, birthday parties, all of these things that women tell me they have to do or they should do. Like they really Mm. think that that's what we do, period. Right. And what we know about the brain science is that the more that we say that and only see that the more than we live that because we are it's all contagious in that way so that's why being exposed to new experiences and trying new things is so great for ourselves and for our neural pathways to expand and open so we can see new possibilities for our right. life which is yeah. like why it's so awesome so who is there anything that you can think of like did you have to become a different person to be able to take this risk? Like, did you have to, who did you have to become or how did you step into this new role as like adventure leader, CEO mom versus Mm. like suburban? Because when I, when we were, when you were in Thrive, you were in suburban Mm -hmm. mom world. It Mm -hmm. wasn't working. So how Mm -mm. did you, how did that shift happen for you? Because I wasn't living authentically. This is me living authentically. Like I've always been this person. Yeah. But I was trying to be the suburban mom and it wasn't working. Yeah. And that's why I was so miserable. And what tools did you use to figure that out? Did you listen to your body? Did you journal? Did you do more yoga? Did you talk to friends? Did you get a coach? Like, how did you work through that? Just talking with my husband. Yeah. He was my coach. We were each other's coach. And it was that moment in the kitchen where we were. And I think, too, it was like I had been in Thrive. So I was getting that language from you as well. It was like, what, you know when was the last time I felt like this or how does that make, you know, I was, I was gaining that like language and I, yeah, I was journaling. I was definitely heavier in my meditation practice Mm -hmm. and stayed true to my yoga practice. But I think it was just having that first conversation with my husband and then just keeping that conversation going, going like, this isn't, we've, we have to do something because we're not, I, I, and I, I th- it was just like a combination of things. I mm-hmm. think, I think it was the thrive. I think mm-hmm. it was my practice. I think it was, you know, my partnership with my husband. It was just kind of all of it intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and I, and I find that over and over is like, it's not one thing. No. It's a bunch of things that are building up. And the more we pay attention to them, 
the more we can expand and evolve in ways that are authentic to us. Um, but we're in a culture that's saying like, there's one way. And if I, and if you hire me or you read this book, it will tell you. <laughs> right. And that's the point is it's kind of like, no, it's a deeper dive in like giving yourself that space. And also I just want to point out that your husband sounds amazing. <laughs> he is. He is. I'm like, does he have any, I know I said I was going to be done, but I just have to ask no. like, what does he have financial fear? Does he have stability fear or insurance or like, is he go through any of that and you help oh. him or like, is he a free spirit? <laughs> well, he's mostly a free spirit. I think that's how, why we connected, but yeah, we do have those fears, but, um, the financial thing is not so much a fear. I think it was more fearful when we had the full-time job and the big Texas house. It, it was more fearful then than it is now. Oh. Because why, 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 why? Because it was never, like, we felt like we, it was never enough or like with a house, you always have to do this to it or that. And we had like this, like our front yard was this tiered thing. We were always worried that was going to tumble down and what that was going to cost. And now we don't have that. So the financial burden and, and because we got rid of all of our stuff, because we got rid of the house we are, you know, we have, we are debt free. Yep. Completely debt free. Yeah. And that's it. It's like limiting beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves and these worlds that we live in that are not real, especially once you start to break through some of those barriers and realize that and Mm -hmm. see that. Do you guys Mm -hmm. consider yourself minimalist or like, are you in that realm do you consider yourselves like oh we're actively doing this as a minimalist like project I never thought of myself like that but I Mm -hmm. guess I am I've just kind of fallen into it um but yeah well the like entrepreneur in me is like oh you gotta be I wish you were like talking on the minimalist podcast and like helping the minimal families and like sharing your story with all these other because it's such a like a hot trendy topic these days it but... totally is like the tiny house on HGTV <laughs> yeah definitely I mean I never set out to be a yeah. minimalist right. I just set out to live more true to myself and it turns out <gasps> and that's where that's a minimalist. You. yes and I was listening to one of your other po- podcasts uh, I think it's the should do soul do one uh-huh. I was like devouring all of them pleasant uh-huh. like <laughs> they're so great <laughs> But that was, that was a favorite of mine so far. Um, And you said in that one that you, oh gosh, what was it? It it was like, you're doing all the right things. And then to get to this point, like to this point, and then, but really you should do this first and then everything else will fall into place. Does that make sense or ring true? Okay. And when I heard that, I was like, yes, that was like, us that's our story because we were doing all the right things that we should be doing like we were working out to be healthy (laughs) but were we really like I wasn't losing the pounds I wasn't you know and we were you know we had a budget and but that it really wasn't working and we had you know and it wasn't until we decided to do what we really wanted to do and be who we really wanted to be that everything else started falling in place like 
I'm feeling healthier and more yep. fit lately. Yep. And our finances are in or, you know, and yeah. Yeah. It's that that is that. the biggest switch with law of attraction, oh. with living with creativity and soul with really owning our, our purpose. It's actually Dharma. Like that's what gives me the chills is like hearing your story and how much joy and savoring and connection you have. Like that's actually what we're built for. Mm -hmm. That's what mammals do. That's why we're here. That's what we're breathing into. Mm -hmm. And to see these lives that feel so suffocated. Listen, like that was my story too. Like very Mm. suffocated and checking all the boxes and doing all the things. So it's not a blame or a shame. It's just Mm -mm. what I see over and over. But the more I move towards my own care, my own family's connection, and really listen, making space to listen and letting go of societal norms that don't feel good to us. Um, You know, and I just want to say like, and I have a level of privilege just because of a lot of things like the family I was born into, the race that I am, Mm. um, you know, all of the pieces, like a supportive husband, like I have so much privilege and I want to use that for good. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to use that for spreading love and compassion yes. and messages of social justice, not to put myself into a box of like soccer practice every weekend with kids who don't like soccer. Like, exactly. It, it doesn't make any sense. So that switch of like, okay, who are we and what helps us feel good? All of the other abundance lines up because that is your dharma. That is your purpose. Yes. So that's why it feels so good. And, and, and why the checking the boxes for other people's or external validation um, is just not working for most of us. We tried it. Listen, if it's working for you, own it. Like exactly big house and your fancy car and the big bank, like the big trip, if that's for you, awesome. Like I'm not into judging anybody. I'm just saying I tried that. And it, and I kept getting adrenal fatigue and I kept getting, losing my hair and I kept getting sick and I kept gaining weight to a point that felt suffocating. Mm. Um, and I felt suffocated in my body, even though I was quote unquote, drinking green juice and, um, working out every day and spin class. Like it didn't make any sense to me. Something was off. Yes. That's exactly, exactly, exactly it. That's exactly it. That's what we were doing the same thing. It was the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Because we're not just that. We can't just go to spin class and drink green juice and be healthy and happy. There's layers and depth of nature and connection and relationship that takes space and it mm-hmm. takes time and it takes courage. And I know that you are an advocate and a model. Um, and I just want to say to close, I'm so proud of you. I just have such like uh, just I'm like smiling so big I'm giving you like the biggest hug with my mind like I'm I hugging you back love what you're doing and I'm so proud of you I love that you're still teaching and training in yoga that you are living your dream and your work and your business you're at a conference for yourself um, taking care of yourself and your family you're just such an incredible model of um, all of the layers of authentic living and I really honor you for that Thank you so much. Um, All right. I love you, girl. And I can't wait to have you back on in a year and see what's happened. Oh, yes. And you can follow our travels on Buyers Without Borders. Buyers Without Borders. And what is your yoga business website also for people who want to learn more about that? Absolutely. It's Yo Play Yoga for Kids. 
Yay. Yay. Take good care. Be safe. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.